In a world where social media and outrageous beauty standards reign supreme, Girls in Real Life encourages young women to love themselves by living fearless and filter-free. Society might have its own idea of what a girl should be, but we're here to remind you of what it truly means to be a girl in real life. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Girls in Real Life podcast. I am your host, Mariah Clayton, and I am really excited today because we have a phenomenal woman here to share her story, and I'm going to let her have a chance to introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about her. Hi, everyone. So my name is Jasmine Smith. I'm a senior at Tuskegee University. I'm also a student pilot working towards my private pilot. I'm in ROTC, and my ultimate goal is to become an astronaut, basically. Like, literally, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's so crazy because you really never hear, especially like females, but like black females especially, you never hear them say, oh, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a pilot. So what made you decide to pick that career path? So it was almost, it was in like stages for me. So when I was first in elementary school, all I wanted to be was a scientist. I was like, oh, I want to work in a lab. I want to have on the cool white jackets and everything. And so the more I started learning as I went throughout my school years, I was like, "Eh, I don't think I just want to be stuck in the lab all day. So the next best thing I thought was, oh, I can be an engineer. That way I can um, do some background work and then also be hands-on in my projects and everything and help make things work. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to college, I think there's just something about joining Air Force or ROTC that makes everybody have the idea of wanting to be a pilot. <laughs> but in my mind, I thought of it towards um, because I was introduced to the commercial space industry first. And I saw how cool space was. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do that. I want to go into space. And this is so amazing. It just unlocked this secret dream in me that I didn't even know that I had. And so I thought the best way to do that would be towards the pilot in the Air Force. And at first, I just wanted to be um, what they call a scissor, just sit in the back and mm-hmm. uh, launch weapons and all that other stuff. I don't need to fly. And then I realized that I have to stop limiting myself and realize I can do these big things, too. I can work on planes and I can fly these planes yes. and just keep elevating, you know? That is so cool. Is there like, I know there's like a whole lot of math and science that goes into that. Can you talk a little about like the process of like, well, I wouldn't even know like where to start on how to even do something like this. I know I had the hardest time starting too. And it's actually, you know, really hard to like get into these type of topics, especially for like, you know, a young female engineering and math and astronauts and piloting isn't kind of like, oh, here, boom, when you say do that. Yeah. But um, my parents were so helpful and so supportive and everything. Though neither of them are engineers or anything. My mom's a a teacher. My dad's a lawyer. And so I was kind of on my own figuring out this journey. But, oh, I was accepted into the Brooke Owens Fellowship Program. It is basically a a fellowship that was formed to help females get into the space, commercial space industries, aviation and all that. And after I was introduced to it, it was my uh, my first look into the space industry. And I was like, this is amazing. And they basically guided me from there. And then after I joined ROTC in, high, in college, they helped me towards being a pilot and being an astronaut. Ultimately, there's so many routes you could go. You could go a commercial. You can be a commercial pilot and fly like uh, for Delta or anything. You can go to the Air Force. There's no one set path towards being an astronaut. You can even be a doctor, uh, be a geologist. So many different ways. It's 
disenchanting. But I realized your original question was about science and math and stuff. And there is a lot of that that goes into that. And as a mechanical engineering student, it's so hard. And it I takes can imagine. so much time. Yep. So much time, so much studying. And even me, I'm not a natural math mathematician or anything. I have to work so hard and all of this stuff. And like I had told you in my email, I used to get, uh, I failed calculus one. Yeah, I want you to talk about that. She sent me an email, you guys, but I'm going to let her tell the entire story of how she failed calculus and what that ended up doing for her. Yeah, I really want you to talk about that. Okay, so it all starts for the Air Force. So to be a pilot in the Air Force, you have to be between either, you have to be between the height of 5'4 and 6'2. And I am a female on the short side, so I'm 5'1". And it was being the pilot was basically non-existent for me after that. I had to wear glasses, so I had bad eyesight. And I was also short and I'm African American. I was getting told no all these multiple times. Everyone was like, you should just focus on being an engineer, no need to worry about this. And then I also had, you know, good, good grades and all this other stuff. And failing calculus, not once, not twice, but three times really hurt. And it hurt my confidence, it hurt like on my dreams I was like I'm how if I can't pass calculus how am I going to be asking how am I going right. to be able to do any of this stuff but now that I'm going into my senior year so because I kept failed calculus three times it pushed my graduation my graduation date back a week so instead of graduating in May of 2020 I'm now graduating in May of 2021 but the Air Force also released a uh uh, an announcement earlier this year that said that they were going to eliminate the height waiver for everyone. So if there were any females interested in being pilots, then you can go ahead and, and you're encouraged to apply anyway, because they can't say no just to your height. Right. But this is only acceptable for everyone graduating after uh, 2020. So it didn't count for those graduating in 2020 and only graduating for 2021 and up. So I was like, dang, look at God working magic. Girl, he does. And like, it's so crazy because in that moment, I'm sure you're probably like, oh my gosh, like I felt calculus again. Like I'm still stuck Mm -hmm. in school. And I know so many people who put so much pressure on themselves to graduate by a specific date or a specific time. And when it doesn't happen, they get very frustrated. But I even said this in a previous episode, like God works things out. Like he will make it all work together. And I just think that that is like, nobody could have done that but God. And it's just so crazy to me because for you to have failed calculus and graduate the year that the height requirement is going to be no more. I just think like, like this was made for you. <laughs> I know, and it gave it gave me such like clarification too. I was like, "Yo, this means I'm on the right path. This is where I'm supposed to be going." Because all along the way, I had people telling me no. I had friends who wanted to be pilots, but because of the height waivers and the eye um, corrections and limitations, they were like, "Oh no, well it's just not in the cards. I'm not supposed to do it. Let me go do something else." And I was like, just keeping hope. Like I can keep working this if I just keep going forward. I know God will help me. But that calculus thing really did get me. It got me so hard. And I was so hard on myself at that time. I just couldn't believe it. I was wondering what was wrong with me. Like, was there something wrong with my head? Was I not learning correctly? Yeah. But it was just God telling me I needed to be in school just a little bit longer so that he can get into the right minds of people so that I can achieve my dreams too. That's or at least crazy. have a fair chance. 
Yeah. I felt that way. Like after I won Miss Louisiana USA this year, you know, I had competed twice before and I lost. And I remember it hit me really hard the second time I lost because that was the first year that I actually like wanted to do this. And I had put in months and months and months of preparation. And I was just like, I'm going to do so good. Like this is my year. And I lost. And I remember being like so upset about it. And it was like, why didn't they pick me? Like I thought that I, I, I did so good. And I had to realize like, it just wasn't my time. Like It was somebody else's time that year and my time was coming. And for me to be able to come back the following year and like take home the crown, put in the work and like, especially even now, like during this pandemic, sometimes I still feel like, man, why did God choose me to, to reign during this time? But I might not see it now, but I know that there is like an end goal. There is a reason why he put me here right now. Mm -hmm. And If there's one thing I've learned in my life, it's to just let go and let God because he's just going to work it out like he always does. Absolutely. Yeah, they're learning that the hard way, too. And I know how you feel like your confidence is just shot and you're just questioning everything. Everything. Even what I'm supposed to be doing. What could I have done better? Why is this working? (laughs) Trust me, girl. I feel you. So you go to Tuskegee and... Mm -hmm. That is the home of the Tuskegee Airmen. If you guys don't know, there is a whole movie about it. Go watch it. It's a great movie. It might make you cry, but it's a great movie. And why did you pick that school because of the Tuskegee Airmen or why did you pick that school? You know, it's crazy that I wasn't even set on going to Tuskegee at first. So the school I originally really wanted to go to was North Carolina uh, A&T. I really wanted to go to an HBCU and I have some family home in North Carolina. And I was like, I think that's a good place to go. But one day I was sitting at Applebee's and one of my mom's old friends came and sat down with us. We were talking about schools. He was like, yeah, there's so many HBCUs. And I was telling him I wanted to uh, NCANT. And he was like, you ever thought of Tuskegee? And it was like this light bulb just went off in my head. And I was like, no. <laughs> and it was like, he was calling me. I have no idea why, but I came and I realized this is, I'm supposed to be a pilot. I'm supposed to be doing my flight training. Supposed to be because I'm putting in all this work and meeting the people I'm supposed to be. It's just the place where I was meant to be, yeah. and I couldn't even give you a reason as to why it was calling me like that. There's just something in my heart telling me that's the school I needed to go to. I love that. <laughs> so in your email, you told me that there is only like six percent of women who make up Air Force pilots, and only one to two percent of those are Black women. So mm-hmm. do you feel like you have a responsibility to be a representation for young black girls to be like, I, I can do this. Like, this is an attainable thing for me. Absolutely. Like, I feel like it's also part of my mission to just prove that there are things out there that we don't think about. Even if you don't plan on being a pilot, there is always something that you're not seeing that could be something you're meant to do. And as an African-American female who's trying to be a pilot, I just want to be like a good symbol a good emblem to a little girl showing you like you can do anything that there's so much in this world that you may not think about but you are capable of and you just need to trust yourself trust your gut have confidence and go for it yeah I think like a lot of young girls struggle with the confidence and like that was another reason why because my tagline for my organization is fearless and filter free and I feel like a lot of girls aren't fearless when they're you know doing things or dreaming up things that they want to do you know they say oh I want to be this or I want to be that but then they never take those steps to get there because they think it's so like unattainable or they'll never be able to do it Mm -hmm. and that's why I really wanted to promote like women being fearless and like 
even though there's only 1% of black female pilots, like you are out here and you are like pursuing that dream, even though all of the odds have been stacked against you, like you have still persevered through everything. And that's like the main thing that I'm trying to get young women to understand is that just because you think it's impossible doesn't mean that it's not possible. Like you could be that 1% that is like, I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to show everyone else that this is possible for them to achieve. And so I think that's so cool. I'm just so in awe of you. Like you're amazing. Thank you. So I I want you to talk. Oh, did you want to say something? No, I was just going to say thank you. Like that's all what I'm pushing for too. Just be you and shoot for your confidence. Like all you have to do is take the first step. All you have to do is take the first step. That's it. Like, even with me creating this podcast, like, I never listened to a podcast before. Did not know the first thing about podcasting. But for some reason, God put it in my brain to, like, do a podcast that I had to... I could have easily said no, like that's dumb, shoved the idea away and just moved on with my life. But I really like took it on by the reins and did research and like put myself out there, even though I didn't think anybody would ever listen to anything I would ever say. And it's been so much fun for me to do. Like it's been such a journey and I've learned so much about myself, about podcasting, about so many different things that I would have never learned had I not just taken that first step and started the journey. So don't be scared to just leap out on faith and just like fall you don't know what's there to catch you at the bottom just go (laughs) exactly sometimes the journey is scary but it's also the best part so you have to learn to embrace it it is it really is um I know you were talking about a speech contest and you got a scholarship I want you to talk a little bit about that yeah so the uh, organization that uh, that was I guess proctoring the contest it was called the Born Seekers Fellowship and it was basically a fellowship that wanted to promote females into being born speakers, like uh, going out and chasing what you want, chasing what you believe in, and proving that, you know, you are who you are, and that's okay, and you can still do amazing things. And so, I'm not going to lie, I really didn't think I would win the speech contest. I didn't think I'd make it to the second round. And so, first, you had to film a three-minute speech of yourself. And when I say I was up until the deadline <laughs> filming that speech because I had only found out about the contest maybe a day or two before so I had to write down prepare a speech those three minutes and my mom and my dad helped me film it we filmed it in my dad's church wow. and after it was done uh we were trying to upload it and we realized that the upload that the time that was set for um all the applicants that needed to be in the time was for midnight but it was for midnight eastern standard time and we were in california at the time and i was like oh my god it's nine o'clock <laughs> and so it was it was like it was eight thirty, and i was like i have to get this in and so we were sitting in the church we were waiting for it to upload and for some reason this video did not want to upload oh. and it took it took 30 minutes because me and my mom were tracking it we were like it's uploading like by one second that's however many megabytes and I, me and my mom were looking at each other we were like this is not gonna go in it's not gonna make it and by God's glory, by 8.59, I got the email that said that um, your, your uh, application was successfully uploaded. Oh, my God. And we'll be getting back to you. And I was like, oh, my God, God is so great. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And then when it was time to move on to the second round, we had to elaborate on our speech for um, 10 minutes. So my speech was basically kind of like this, explaining how I was this young girl who grew up in a town that uh, – is actually very engineer savvy and like where 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 are you originally from 
I'm from Palmdale, California, and there's an Air Force base not far away, yet somehow piloting was never on my radar growing up there. (laughs) But my speech is about like going to my internships and getting to work at NASA and and explaining how I got to where I am and how I'm just going to keep pushing. And I wrote that 10 minute speech. And I remember being so busy about that one too, that I only wrote one draft. And I was like, okay, I guess this is going to happen too. And then when they said they were calling all the finalists, I didn't even get a call on that day. They said they were going to let the, let everyone know on a certain day. And that day came and it went. And I said, well, I guess I didn't get it. And then they called, they called like, I think it was like two days later. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're calling to tell me that I was eliminated or like, <laughs> I was, I didn't make it. I was like, dang, they had to call me. I didn't just email me. So I answered the phone. I was like, hello. And they say, then they said, uh, we're happy to announce that you were selected as one of the four contestants for the undergraduate division to, you know, win a scholarship from us. And I, I was jumping on the bed. I was calling my mom. I was so happy because the scholarship was also for $20,000. And that money I was able to use to pay for school, but also to pay to get, um, PRK surgery so I was able to get my eyes done and that knocked out one of my hurdles for uh, being a pilot in the Air Mm -hmm. Force and I remember just being so grateful I didn't think anything like this was even possible girl let me just tell you you got some favor over your life I'm not even about to play with you because you get this $20,000 scholarship to get eye surgery so that Mm -hmm. you can overcome one of those hurdles of becoming a pilot and then the height requirement is gone like girlfriend i'm gonna be calling you up to be my personal pilot <laughs> like come on jasmine where are we going today like now Louisiana isn't that far from alabama i can do that in a couple hours but i know i also want to share this is why i trust god so much and every time something in my life just isn't going well like right now i won't lie there's some stuff going on below the surface that just it's not working out, but I just have to keep faith and remember that he's always there for me. He's, whatever his plan is, he will work it out the way he wants to work it out. Yes, every single time. That I just, I'm just so inspired right now. Like, that is just so crazy. You did one draft of... I did. <laughs> well, because while I was writing it, because you know, sometimes you look at things too much and then yeah. you start over critiquing. You start finding way too many things. And I knew that I was going to do that about that speech. So I wrote it out and I was like, yeah, we're going to go with this. And I filmed it so I could send it in. The filming took like maybe three or four takes. But eventually I made it and I was like, you know what? If God wants this to happen, God's going to let it happen. Then by his glory. (laughs) Okay. I want you to give some advice for any girls out there who want to be a pilot, who want to be an astronaut. What would you you give as some advice to them? I think some advice would just be be confident, reach out to people, talk to, talk to everyone, tell everyone about your dreams because people are going to be inspired and there's going to be somebody who knows somebody else to help you get where you want to go. Because my dad used to tell me, he was always like, it's not about what you know, but who you know. And somebody's going to help you get to your next goal. So as long as you're pushing, as long as you're, you know, researching everything, looking up different ways to get where you want to go, you can make it work. Yeah. And that's another aspect of like being fearless. Like you have to say those things that you want out loud, even though like it might be hard for other people to grasp the concept or to believe in you. Like you have to believe so much in yourself that you're going to say it to everybody 
because like she said, you never know who's going to be there to help you along your journey on the way. And it could literally be the one thing that gets you to that next level. So you can't be afraid to like speak those things that you want out loud and into existence because you have so much power in your words and in your tongue. So you really have to be fearless and saying like, I want to be a pilot or I want to be Miss Louisiana or I want to be Miss USA. Like go and scream it out to the rooftops and just embrace it and let all the naysayers go on about their business because the right people who are supposed to help you and who are supposed to be there for you will always, always, always come. Girl, I can't even believe it. We are like running out of time. We're on our last (laughs) question. And I think you know what it is. I want you to tell me what is the biggest life lesson that you've learned so far? My biggest life lesson is definitely just to stay in your lane and focus on you. I know I didn't have I didn't have nearly as much confidence as I have now when I was a kid, when I was in middle school. I was always looking at other people and be like, Oh, what is she doing? Oh, maybe I have to do that too. So just focus on you, focus on what you believe in, learn to uh, know yourself and just go for it. Just focus on you and God's got you snaps on that you can't focus on nobody but yourself and especially Mm -hmm. like for me I find that I compare myself a lot of times to a lot of people on social media and just like Mm -hmm. in my social life in general like oh my friend is over there she has this really cool job and I'm still at home like living with my parents and you know like I find that I compare myself so much to other people and it's like you just gotta stay in your own lane like what's meant for you is gonna be for you your path is not gonna be your friend's path or your cousin's path or whoever it is that you're comparing yourself to, but you have to do things in your own timing, well, in God's timing, and really just understand that you are in this place in your life for a season and for a reason. Mm-hmm. So embrace exactly. it, love it, and you know, just take learn all the lessons that come along with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it takes a while to learn, but eventually, you know, you get it down. You beat out the imposter syndrome, and then you're just you doing you. Yes. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for reaching out to me and sharing your story. You are incredible. And I cannot wait to see you take that picture on Instagram with you in the pilot seat. Like that is going to be the best day ever. And I'm going to be so, so excited for you. If any of you guys have a story that you want to share, if you feel like you have an inspiring story, go ahead, shoot me an email at mystory@girlsirl.org. I will personally send you an email back and we can set up a Zoom call and we can get your story out there to the world, girlfriend. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks, Mariah. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that it was able to enhance your life in some way don't forget to subscribe to our podcast before you leave and also follow us on instagram at underscore girls irl go out and live a fearless and filter-free life and always remember to keep it real